Welcome to Daily Daf Differently, a Jcast Network podcast in collaboration with the Conservative Yeshiva in Jerusalem. This daily podcast invites you to join us to study the Daily Talmud page with a variety of liberal rabbis and teachers. For more information about the Conservative Yeshiva, please visit conservativeyeshiva.org. For more information about the other Jcast Network podcasts and blogs, please visit jcastnetwork.org. Welcome to the Daily Daf Differently. My name is Rabbi Joel Levy, and today we are studying Masechet Megillah Daf Tet. As I noted yesterday, we are right in the middle of a long kovetz, a collection of Mishnayot that all have the same literary structure. Ein bein zeh uvein zeh ela zeh. There's no difference between this and that except for something else. When it's comparing things which are ostensibly very similar and pointing out uh, precise differences between those things. Uh, the Mishnah that we're particularly looking at today is actually on the previous page. If you look at Chet Amud Bet in the Masechet Megillah, and the Mishnah says, "Ein bein sfarim letfilin umuzuzot ela shasfarim nichtavim bekol lashon utfilin umuzuzot einam nichtavot ela ashorit." There is no difference. The only difference between Sifrei Torah. And the holy writings, which are also written in, which have sacred text in them, of Tefillin and Mezuzah, the only difference between those are that Sifrei Torah can be written in any language, and Tefillin and Mezuzah, they have to be written in Ashurit, which is the square Hebrew text that we now associate with a Sefer Torah. There is a minority position also recorded in that Mishnah. Rabbi Shimon ben Gamliel Omer, Af besfarim lo hitiru sheyichtavu ela yavanit. Rabbi Shimon ben Gamliel says, there was never a an open permission to write Sifrei Torah in any language. It only ever referred to the Greek language. This just looks scandalous. Is the Mishnah really saying that I'm allowed to write a Sefer Torah in any language, according to the majority position? Can I really write a Sefer Torah in English and have it be a valid Sefer Torah? I think that does, in fact, look like the Pshat of the Mishnah. And that's shocking. Another large source in the Mishnaic tradition of conversations, discussions about translatability, what has to be done in Hebrew and what can be done in any language, is found in Masechet Sota, in the Mishnah, in the seventh chapter of Masechet Sota, which has a whole chapter, actually running into the next chapter as well, talking about the question of what aspects of um, biblically mandated um, verbal articulation um, need to be articulated in Hebrew, in the Lashana Kodesh, and which aspects of the verbal life of the community um, could also be translated into the vernacular, with an implication being 
that uh, maybe it's even preferable to do things in the vernacular under certain circumstances. And there in the Mishnah, um, core Jewish practices, which we think of and pride ourselves as people who uh, articulate these acts in Hebrew, are listed as ones which probably ought to be done in the vernacular. Core Jewish acts like saying the Shema, prayer, Birkat Amazon, um, those large three uh, activities are listed in the Mishnah in Masachet Sota as being highly translatable. They should be understood when they are articulated. The Gemara goes on to uh, quote a Mishnah from uh, um, Yadayim, which seems to contradict the Mishnah here in Masachet uh, Megillah. Um, the Mishnah that they're quoting says, Mikra Targum. A text uh, from the Bible which is translated, the Targum Shekhtavo Mikra, and a, uh, a text in the Bible that is in fact in translation, like for example an Aramaic section from the Bible um, that is um, written and ends up being written in Hebrew, Uchtavivri. Uh, and if you write a, a, a Sefer Torah using Hebrew script, which is not what we write Sifrei Torah in, we, Ivri is a much older script that was, um, that was left behind when Ashuri was adopted. That's not a kosher text. If you end up uh, getting the language wrong, then it's not kosher. Until it's written in the Ashurit, the Assyrian text, properly on the klaf, and written in ink. And that text from Mishni Adayim seems to contradict the idea that translation of the Torah is possible. The Talmud on uh, Tet Amud Aleph tries to resolve the contradiction between those two texts with various different solutions, one of which refers to uh, Megillat Esther and says that Kan be Megillah, Kan be Sfarim, the Megillah is a very strict text that needs to be written in uh, Hebrew. In 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 Ashurit, in uh, in the language in which it was originally presented, uh, whereas Sifrei Torah can in fact be translated into any language. The verse in the Megillah, which seems to justify that, according to the Talmud on uh, Tet Amud Aleph, um, is uh, the statement in the Megillah itself, in the last chapter of Megillah Esther, that um, that the text should be written Kichtavam Vechil Shonam, in the precise language in which they were originally presented. So, what about this shocking, scandalous notion that a Sefer Torah? can be translated into any language and written in any language and still be kosher. Um, or the equally scandalous notion that Judaism approves of prayer in the vernacular, Kriyat Shema in the vernacular, and uh, saying Birkat Amazon in the vernacular. And why is it that we as a community would frown upon such activities? Well, here's a bit of a polemic. I would say as follows. Um, the rabbinic insistence that certain forms of ritual activity, for example, Sifrei Torah and prayer, can or maybe even should be written in a language that you understand, is an insistence that a Sefer Torah, a prayer, an utterance of the Shema, Birkat Amazon, those are essentially 
communicative acts that the individual needs to understand when he engages with them. The reading of a Sefer Torah in public is the transmission of content. It's not a ritualized act for articulating phonemes. It's not that the person who's reading the text of the Torah has fulfilled their obligations simply by making a certain series of sounds, which the willing community listens to as a series of sounds, neither of whom have any comprehension. The Torah is a book of meaning and a book of content. Equally, prayer is essentially a communication, an act of communication with God, and as such, praying without comprehension is somewhat meaningless. When the Jewish community chose to ritualize prayer and to emphasize the articulation of phonemes, units of sound, over the articulation of meaning and intent, and when it chose to ritualize the Torah reading into the articulation of phonemes, as opposed to seeing it as the articulation of stories, what we were doing over the centuries is stealing, taking elements of Jewish ritual life that were supposed to be about content and adopting them into the struggle for Jewish cultural survival. When I pray in a language I don't understand, I can still be part of a chain of transmission going back through my parents and grandparents, back through the generations, and I can see myself as transmitting an unaltering tradition. Over the years, Jew Judaism has stolen elements of Jewish life that were essentially and originally about uh, our articulating a relationship with God, speaking to God, or transmitting values and ideas, and have co-opted them in the struggle for Jewish continuity. There is a way out of that contradiction, of course, and that involves learning Hebrew, knowing what you mean when you read the Sefer Torah, finding ways to learn and understand enough Hebrew to be able to have the ancient traditional language of Jewish prayer, one that resonates deeply within one's being. And it was for that purpose that the conservative yeshiva was founded, to give lay people in the liberal Jewish world, outside of orthodoxy, the opportunities to become readers of the tradition so they would never have to make a choice between authentic transmission and authentic communication. I hope you've enjoyed today's episode of Daily Daf Differently, and that you'll join us again tomorrow for a new page. The music at the open and close of this episode is Ufros from the Epic Chorus album One Bead, available on Bandcamp, iTunes, and Spotify.